Brad Ausmus, Bobby Abreu, Roberto Alomar. Craig Vigio's nutsack. Welcome to The Last Resort, the last place you'd look for legitimate sports opinions. I am your host, Spenny. I will never admit I'm not an athlete. Harris, and I am joined as always by my main man, Joey Take Me, Pat Mahomes tonight, Michaels. Joe, a big RIP to both Eddie Money and anybody who bet the over and the Jets in that Monday night football game. God damn it, I can't believe Eddie's gone. It was a very, very tough weekend for me. God damn it, I can't believe I bet the over and the Jets. Did you really? I did, yeah. It's a terrible bet. Lost $100. I bet straight up on Cleveland. I lost $50. All the money on, in the world. $50 on the over and $50 on the I Jets. I should have took my 401k plan and put it on Cleveland. That's how easy of a bet it was. On the docket this week, we will discuss all the crazy NFL news to come out in the last few days. We'll recap the week two games. We have a new guest, at Emperor Mara who I will be discussing Giants football with since the only Giants insider Joe will speak to is Timmy Barks. For now, but you know, that could change in the next three to four hours. Yeah, right now he's suspended from our podcast. I really have no interest in speaking to him. And we're going to go over some juicy matchups in week three. Segments include our Drew Locks of the Week, More Likely, RIP My Youth, Better Luck Next Year, and our top five theme songs of all time. But first... This podcast is brought to you by Trio's Pizza, the cleanest sauce on the East Coast. Nobody has ever thrown up in their pizza sauce. That we know of. Sure. All right, so let's talk about it, Joe. Huge, huge week in the NFL. It was announced earlier on Tuesday morning that Daniel Jones will take over as the starting quarterback for the New York Giants on Sunday against the Buccaneers. Yeah, this is really, really big news, and Giant fans really are a bunch of hypocrites because they went from yelling at McAdoo for benching Eli and then getting mad that Eli was still the quarterback and then drafting Daniel Jones and then loving Daniel. They're very hypocritical people. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think that they were mad at McAdoo for benching Eli. It was who they benched Eli for. If they had had benched him for Webb and Webb had sucked... Everyone would have said, okay, the Giants can't draft. You benched him for a guy who you've seen play multiple games in the NFL, but I digress. He was wonderful. Gino? Gino Smith. Schefter, Adam Schefter put out a, a tweet in the last 24 hours, and this is yesterday. The Steelers' Ben Roethlisberger was announced out for the season. Drew Brees announced out at least six weeks. As I mentioned, Giants will bench Eli Manning. Jalen Ramsey requested a trade. The Steelers traded for Dolphins' Minka Fitzpatrick. And the Jets' Jamal Adams unfollowed his team. Wild 48 hours in the NFL. Yeah, it's really entertaining. All the old guys are getting hurt, which is kind of funny. Because Big Ben... I didn't know you can get a non-contact elbow injury playing quarterback, but I guess you can. So, shocked he doesn't need Tommy John surgery. Um, Breeze's hand is going to... I think he's going to be out longer than six weeks. I, I... Something like that with grip and feel and touch on passes. I think Breeze is looking more of an eight-week departure. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick was a really good acquisition if Ben Roethlisberger wasn't hurt. Um, I don't 
They, the Steelers' season isn't over, though. I think Rudolph will be okay. Their secondary is brutal. Joe Hayden hasn't been good in like four years there, so they needed help. And what was our last one? We had Ramsey requesting a trade from the Jaguars. Yeah, I don't think Tom Coughlin and Jalen Ramsey like each other, so I, that was bound to happen. And he's going to get probably the highest paid quarterback money after this season. So, And the last thing was Jamal Adams unfollowing the Jets on Instagram. But let's let's get into that now. So we had our Monday night game, Jets uh, hosting the Cleveland Browns, Odell's homecoming to the Meadowlands, Trevor Simeon's first start as a Jet. A lot of people did not think he would suck as badly as he did. He goes down in what, the second quarter? At the end of the second quarter? Was it the beginning of the third quarter? No, it was. He only threw three passes, I think. He got hurt early. No, he definitely played the, the first quarter. I think it was the second quarter he got hurt. Very beginning of the second quarter, I think. Crazy. So, so the highlights in this game Odell had the visor situation on third and goal. The refs asked him to stay on the sidelines. He freaked out, lost his mind, wasn't really sure what happened there. Yeah, um, he's doing great for publicity. He just wants to be noticed. When he was in New York, he's had commercials, head and shoulders. He's in Cleveland now. He's got to make his own marketing. He's like Brian Bosworth. He's phenomenal. I love everything he does. <laughs> Me too. The game itself was absolutely awful. Worst game I've ever seen. Odell had a one-handed catch that was pretty cool, but I, people were telling me it was reminiscent of the It was not this. It, it, it fell right into his hand. And he didn't. He brought it into his body. It wasn't like yeah. he snagged it like the other one. Like he brought it was a really nice catch. It was but, a good catch. But like he does that routinely. He could have caught it with two hands. His eighty-nine yard running catch broke the game wide open. He made the first of all, this is him on a bum hamstring. He made the I'm sorry, a bum hip. He made the Jets secondary look pathetic on that play. Yeah, I think they clocked him at twenty one miles an hour and he goes, Yeah, I'm not hundred percent. Which is pretty fast. Also earned us a fantasy victory. He did. Give big, me some. Big fantasy victory. We won a matchup this week. We had no business winning. Odell and Julio Jones saved us. I think they had a combined, what, 50, 60 points? It was, yeah, they were pretty ridiculous. Um, Luke Falk came in for Trevor Simeon after Trevor, Trevor Simeon got body bagged by Miles um, Garrett. Miles Garrett had, had three sacks and he had... Like eight penalties. He had. I watched a sequence where he had, he had two penalties on one play. I think he had like five flags the whole game. But he's really fucking good. So Simeon comes out. In comes Luke Falk, who actually he didn't look bad. They just didn't let him throw the ball. I, I don't get what the Jets are doing. You, you have Le'Veon Bell, who proved last night he's fucking still unbelievable. Touched the ball thirty-one times, Joe. Somehow in that game where they had the worst quarterback play I've ever seen, he had 120 yards from scrimmage. They got Robbie Anderson, who's fast as fuck. He could run. I mean, I know he's a lunatic. And you lost a Numa, a Numa Quincy. But Demarius Thomas is going to be all right. You should be able to move the ball a little bit. I mean, they're awful. Yeah, I got to say, Le'Veon Bell's performance earned me a fantasy victory. I won 91.86 to 91.84. Well, you know what's quite comical? You're in first place in our league, and you have the lowest points in the league. That happens every single year Which I win. means you are a scam artist. This game was so bad that Joe Tessitore kept teasing Adam Schefter's big halftime news the whole second quarter, which was Minka Fitzpatrick getting traded to Pittsburgh for a first-round pick. Yeah, him and Booger are weird. <laughs> yeah, they, they say some odd things. It's just really strange, and 
I don't know. I keep envisioning Booger on that high chair that they put him on in the middle of the field. As bad as the Monday night game was, the Sunday night game was excellent. But it wasn't a shootout, Joe. The Falcons oh, Matt played... Ryan the, still stinks. Ryan still stinks. It was, it was Eagles at the Falcons, correct? Yes. Right. So, Ryan put on in the first half. Ridley played well. Julio played well. Ryan disappears for the second half. Here comes Carson Wentz in the fourth quarter. He takes the Eagles all the way down the field. They score... Who scored that touchdown? I don't remember. So they score a touchdown to put him ahead. Then the Falcons come out. Ryan was getting nothing done. He throws a screen pass to Julio Jones. Who was gone. Who was gone. It was, it was the Odell Beckham play, except instead of Odell catching a slant, it was Julio catching a bubble screen and just going. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan had another red zone pick, correct? He did. And he had, Matt Ryan is... I don't know what is wrong with him, but his whole career... He loves throwing red zone interceptions. He's always done it. I, I remember back, like, we were home from college, like, five years ago. Me and our friend were watching the Falcons-Viking game at a bar. He threw, like, two red zone picks back then. He's always done it. He did it last week against Minnesota. Again, this past week. I mean, he's... I don't get it. They won. I thought they were going to win. I, I thought they would win at home against Philly after getting destroyed in week one, but... He kept Philly in the game. The game should have been over in the first half. Well, I'll tell you what happened. So Matt Ryan is horrible at putting teams away. He loves to to, to, to throw touchdowns when it doesn't really matter. And then in crunch time, when, when they have a lead, he never puts teams away. So he got bailed out by the fact that Julio Jones is a freak of nature. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Wentz comes back. They have one more drive. Al Gore drops a, which should have been a touchdown, perfect pass from Wentz. Drops it, redeems himself on a fourth and long. He catches a ball when the Falcons are playing prevent defense. He somehow gets behind the safeties and the cornerbacks. He catches that ball to keep him in the game. Wentz, I think he was on the 20 or 15. They try to get the first down. Ertz is a yard short on fourth. The game ends. Very exciting game. Both quarterbacks look sloppy at times. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. I'm not. There really aren't many offenses in the NFL Outside of the Pats and Chiefs, that and I guess the Ravens that look good right now, everybody are, everybody's offense looks pretty bad. So I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt there. Both teams are pretty decent, so they'll be playoff contenders coming down the stretch. All right, let's get into some major storylines from these Sunday day games. Pittsburgh got the crap beat out. Actually, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh got beat by the Seahawks, and bing, bang, bop, Big Ben destroys his elbow and now is done for the season. It is Mason Rudolph's turn to step up. This wasn't a pummeling, actually. I think the Seahawks only won by two because Chris Carson fumbled near. So this, the Seahawks were, were back in their territory. Chris Carson fumbles. Rudolph throws an easy touchdown. Steelers, I think, lost by two, correct? Yeah. I, and the Steelers, I think, were winning in the first half before Ben got hurt. I think so. I think you're so, right. So, I mean, Seattle did not impress me. Ben got hurt. They probably would have won the game. Ben stays in there. But their defense is terrible. I know they got good guys in their front seven, but their secondary is horrendous, i.e. the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. But their secondary is atrocious, and Russell Wilson picked them apart in the second half. He threw what, he 300 yards and three touchdowns. He is the epitome of the second-half quarterback. Yeah. Wilson hates the first two quarters. Their second-half time hits. He comes in in the third quarter, and he destroys teams. Well, in fantasy, we were between Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. We're like, you know, we're going to play Ryan. You know, he's at home. 
Wilson first half, like, oh, it was a good play. Wilson outscored him in the second half. Seriously, they, they are the opposite of each other. They're yeah. the complete opposite. Um, okay, so we had the game of the week was supposed to be the Rams versus the Saints until bing, bang, boom, Breeze hurts his thumb, and now he will need surgery after that. It was pretty much a cakewalk for the Rams. They go to 2-0, and even though I still don't think Jared Goff looks great. No, but uh, it's back to my whole thing with offense is not looking great. He'll be all right. Gurley does enough. The front seven's decent. I like the acquisition of Weddle and Clay Matthews on their defense. Um, they're a little bit tougher. They got the one-two punch at running back. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods do what they do. The Rams don't have a ton of competition. I don't. I, I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC right now, outside of maybe Dallas. Um, I don't think Seattle's in their league, so I, I think the Rams are going to be all right, and they'll go. They'll come into offensive form. The Bears have finally found their kicker after beating the Broncos in what was a wild finish. Both quarterbacks fucking sucked. Do you think the Bears should have been awarded that timeout with one second left? I don't. I thought the game was over. But how do the Broncos? Trubisky hasn't done anything all game. You take the lead off back-and-forth penalties on getting a two-point conversion and Flacco leading a really good drive. And you let Trubisky go down the field in 20 seconds and kick a 56, what was it, 55, 56 yarder? Ugh, I don't terrible. think it was that. I think it was like 52. It was 52? I don't think it was past 55. It was terrible. I, mean, I don't know how the, the Broncos, I don't know. They stink. I, I don't know why, but they stink. Pats shut out the Dolphins. This was the Antonio Brown game. He goes for 62 yards and a touchdown on four catches. You and I were watching at the bar. Joe, they force-fed him the ball until he scored. Him and Brady had some mishaps here and there. That will get better with time. Uh, they're going to cakewalk to like 13-3 and or 14-2 and this year. I don't know if they're going to lose. I think other than Kansas City, they have a game against Kansas City and a game against Baltimore that might be the only challenging games they have all year. Miami did not belong on the same field. That was pathetic. Have some pride. Blame the front office. I don't know what to say. All right. Texans beat the Jags in a close defensive game. The legend of Gardner Minshew II continues as he scored the go-ahead touchdown, but the Jags failed to get the two-point conversion for the win. Yeah, I didn't see one highlight from this game. Um, The Texans, uh, I don't know. The Jags are not good. The Texans underachieve. I think they're going to struggle with their offensive line. They squeaked out a lucky win. Let me ask you a question. Do you agree? So so you're down seven. You get the go-ahead touchdown with close to no time remaining. Do you agree to go for two on the uh, – were they on the road or at home? Who, Houston? Yeah. The game was home. It was in Houston. Okay, so do you agree that the Jags – where should have went for two to win the game because what they you did always, was that's the rule. If you're the road team and you score late like that, you go for two. And they ran the ball with Fournette and didn't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that call. I, I do. I, I hate. I don't like. I don't think that's a good call. But I guess it's hindsight too. Um, the big aftermath of this game was the sideline blow up between Marone and Ramsey. Did you see that? Yeah, they had to separate them. So Marone downplayed it after the game and said it was no big deal. Really, not a big deal because Ramsey's agent requested a trade like a day later. Yeah, um, he's probably really mad that the offense is terrible. Again, yeah, I don't no. know. They stay. Uh, he's also pissed apparently because they don't use him the right way. I guess they they play him in zone, and he's a, he's a he's a man coverage cornerback. I guess so. He's trying to get paid like one. He's fucking good. He's just I, I don't I don't know who I side with here. I don't know if I side with with 
him or Marone in this situation? I really don't know. View it this way. out of that In that draft class, three of the top five picks have already been paid. You're not going to pay him. Move him. What's the point? All right, Joe, you and I got to discuss a game that I know you don't want to get into Ugh. that much, but um, the Green Bay Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings again. Watched every second of it. Yeah, that was tough, Joe. Um, your defense and Dalvin Cook kept it close, uh, but your quarterback looks lost out there. He looks like Christopher and Paulie Walnuts when they were in the Pine Barrens. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, defense got punched in the mouth early, down 21 nothing a minute into the second quarter. Dalvin Cook put the team on his back and just had long run. He had the big run of 75 yards, and then after that, it, was, it felt like every run he had was six, seven yards of carry. Four, three, two fumbles by your quarterback, one lost, and then two interceptions, one in the red zone. Can't win that way. And you lost by five. Your kicker missed an extra point. You had a touchdown called back before the half. As bad as they played, they should have won the game. Yeah, Rodgers was on fire for a quarter and a half, and then after that, they shut, shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. They abused the offensive line. They got after him. They stopped the running game. They were fucking forcing turnovers. And your quarterback, who literally, if he had two turnovers instead of three, they would have won the game. If he threw the ball out of bounds instead of throwing the pick in the red zone, they would have won the game. Who's the Vikings' backup quarterback? Just curious. Sean Mannion. So All there's right. no options. I have a really, really, really great suggestion. Sean Mannion's not playing. Eli Manning gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings. He has a run game. He has the receivers. He has the defense. He leads the Vikings to the playoffs. I'm going to say no, Bob. Please no. All right, Joe. The rest of the games were fairly boring. I'll read you the result, and you give me a one-sentence reaction. You ready? Sure. All right, the Cowboys beat the Redskins. Big fantasy day for me. Bucks beat the Panthers. That was awful. Lions beat the Chargers. Worse. 49ers destroyed the Bengals. Nah, Matt Breida was good for fantasy. The Lamar Jackson-led Ravens beat the Kyler Murray-led Cardinals. Mark Andrews was good for fantasy. The New York Bills embarrassed the New York Giants. Josh Allen throws piss rockets. Colts beat the Texans. I'm sorry, Colts beat the Titans as is tradition. Yeah, it usually happens. The Chiefs dominated the Raiders in the last game on that duty half-baseball, half-football field. Yeah, um, Pat Mahomes had a really good quarter. All right, we now will have our interview with at Emperor Mara. All right, so we are joined now by Emperor Mara. It is a pleasure to meet you. For everyone listening out there, this is my first time ever speaking with Emperor Mara. Uh, we connected because I follow you on Twitter, and um, I, you know, I, I see how big of a Giants fan you are, and I thought it would just be great to have you on. What's up, man? Glad to be on this podcast. No, absolutely. Honestly, I think I'm going to call you EM for short because saying Emperor Mara the entire time can get a bit exhausting. Go ahead, man. All right, so it was a massive, massive day yesterday for Giants fans. Changing of the guard announced around 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. For the first time, well, I'm sorry, for the second time in the last 15 years, the Giants will be trotting someone not named Eli Manning out there to start at quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones will be taking the reins as the Giants quarterback. What are your initial thoughts? Well, my initial thought about that is that I'm not really surprised. Um, Before the season started, I really thought that if the season went to shit, we were probably going to see Daniel Jones starting like week 17. 
seven, week eight. I think we have a we played the Patriots like one of those weeks. But after the mess that was week one and just the atrocious offensive play and just everything, I knew that if we had the same, if we lost in the same fashion week two at home to the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills, that something was going to have to change. And sure enough, we had our game was so depressing to watch. And sure enough, pretty much lost in the same fashion to at home to Buffalo Bills. And I knew that something was going to change. Something was going to have to happen this week. I will say, though, I was really shocked that it happened so quickly. Yeah, no. Um, look, at the end of the day, look, I'm, I'm probably in the same position as you. Huge Eli supporter. Last few years have been rough. He has not been the same Eli that he was in 2011. He's still serviceable. But your team around Eli is not ready to win. It hasn't been ready to win since you went to the playoffs in 2015 or 14, whatever fucking year that was. So if you're going to lose with Eli Manning, you can lose and develop with Daniel Jones. Um, that's that. I mean, I, I feel like that's the take of almost every single Giants fan out there right now. So, having said that, Daniel Jones is going to start next week. What do you personally want to see in his first few starts as a New York Giant? First off, one of the things I want to see is I want to see how he develops his new offense that he has with Shermer. Um, I call him Shermer for short on Twitter. Um, Daniel Jones coming into this new season with the Giants. I saw how he passed the preseason, but of course, everybody's been saying, oh, it's the preseason. It's not really, it's not an actual game. Now he's going to actually be playing against an actual team, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I think this is a good game for us because the Tampa Bay doesn't have a really solid D line. And I expect that Daniel Jones, now that we have a new O line, thank God he's going to come in with a Giants O line that has, I just keep on thinking about that. We had Eric. We really had Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart on both sides of our own line. <laughs> Man, have we come a long way from that. But what I really want to see is I want to see how he does with his new, with new play call that Sherm has. Because for the Giants hired Sherm, they hired him and they touted how he was like this amazing offensive mind, how he developed QBs. Now we actually get to see how Sherm gets developed Daniel Jones and see if all of this stuff that the Giants are talking about. I don't know if you remember, but... That was like the big takeaway from from Hybrid Sherm. And the Giants went ahead and they put it on their F2. They were like, this guy's great at developing QBs. I want to see this in person. I want to see it physically on the field. I want to see if it's a, he still has it. I want to see if Daniel Jones and Sherm can go ahead and turn his team around. The Giants have came a long way, or at least Giants fans, since they drafted Daniel Jones number six overall in May. Your reaction when they actually took Jones with the sixth pick versus your reaction to him starting now? I couldn't believe it. Honestly, and I wanted Dwayne Haskins when I saw when I heard Daniel Jones. Oh man, when I heard Daniel Jones, I was I was just flabbergasted. Like literally, did not know what to say. And after that, I was just pissed. I was just like, this is another example of a Giants just fucking shit up. But now, especially after the preseason, I'm, I'm all in on Danny Dimes, man. I'm ready. It, it, now I'm 
Friday to see how he's going to do this week three against the Buccaneers at your place. It seems like us as Giants fans, we don't really have a choice at this point, right? We got to ride with this pick or die. And you know what? If he, for some reason, if he sucks it up and he's a he's a disgrace, at least we know where we stand as a franchise. I think the problem, the problem with the New York Giants is Mara, Gettleman, or Reese, or whoever the GM has been, they've wanted to convince us as Giants fans that they can be competitive for the last four years. And every year, they're the least competitive team outside the Redskins in the NFC East. So, you know, at least we're going to have some closure on whether or not their draft pick works out. We're going to actually get to see another quarterback that's not Eli Manning. And I'm if he sucks or if he's good, I hope he's good. I'm excited for that. All right, so with Daniel Jones stepping in, unfortunately that ends a long storied career for Eli Manning with the New York Giants. Two Super Bowls, a lot of great moments, a lot of years in which the offense and the team struggled, a 500 record overall. Give me your thoughts on Eli's career as a Giant overall. Yeah, so in regards to Eli Manning, I put it on Twitter too. That was, that's been my QB pretty much. The only QB I've known for the Giants since I've ever even known like exactly what football is all about. And it, it, it sucks that he has to end, like the Eli Manning era, it's done. Like the Giants can't go back. There's no way the Giants are going back. Daniel Jones has been announced as a starter. There's no way he's ever going to go back to Eli Manning unless, of course, Daniel Jones ends up injured. But, you know, nobody wanted him to go out this way, especially Giants fans. No one wanted him to go out that, that way. Eli Manning has been nothing but a class act, not only to us as a fan base, but in the NFL. The dude was a Walter Payton man of the year. He helped out so many people. I mean, he's, a, he's for sure going to the Hall of Fame. Probably not as a first ballot, but maybe the second or third. But it sucks. But at the same time, it, it was overdue because this man has not performed at a level, especially you've seen it since the last two games and all of last season. He has not performed at the level that we know he can perform at. And for that reason, I say it's overdue, but I'm super excited to see what the future we have with Daniel Jones is. At the same time, I was going to say this, though. If Daniel Jones is not the pick that Getman and Stern believe that he was, then there's going to be some more issues and more, some more questions going to be answered, so people are going to have to pack the bags to get out of that line. Oh, if, if, if Jones isn't the guy that Gettleman and Sherman, Shermer thought he was, they're both gone. For sure. Um, I was shocked because when they messed up the whole Geno Smith thing, I I was for sure that at least McAdoo or Jerry Reach was going to go. And then they both went on the same day. I'm looking for something. I'm, I'm imagining something like that happening. If that's the case. With no. Daniel Jones not being as good as we think he is. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Gettleman and Shermer's reputation hangs on the thread of this kid that they reached for. Because let's be real. He was like the, the fourth or fifth ranked quarterback out of college. No one had heard of this guy. Right, right. So if he's not good, they, they, they both got to go. They, they both have to go. Um, give me your greatest Eli Manning moment as a Giants fan. Greatest Eli Manning moment. It had to be in that NFC championship game where he was against the 49ers. That was one of the greatest performances of, by a quarterback I've ever seen. 
Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an, it's, it's the obvious pick. It's, it's the basic bitch pick, but, uh, you know, I had to watch, I had to watch the 2007 Super Bowl on my couch cause I was sick. I couldn't go to any Super Bowl party. Um, that was the ultimate David versus Goliath football game. The fact that forget about the Tyree catch. I mean, the fact that he played out of his mind that entire game, it was a sight to see, man. That was one. He beat a team that was seventeen and zero, and he beat them. In, I'm sorry, eight. They were eighteen and zero, right? No, how many? How many? Right. So, um, that that's my favorite Eli Manning moment. We are talking to at Emperor Mara. This is uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter at Emperor Mara, as in John Mara. So, em the Giants have been a dumpster fire for a while now, and this new regime has not really done anything to improve the overall franchise in, in the last two years. Tell me, rank who deserves the most blame out of these three guys, with three being the least. Gettleman, Mara, Shermer. Let's break it down. Okay, so between those three, three being what? And working what? Three, three is the least, number one is the most. Three definitely would be sure. One would definitely be John Mara. And I'll tell you why. Because I know for a fact the only reason that Elon Manning is still here on this team and that he's been allowed to perform with these piss poor performances that he's had these two seasons is because of John Mara. I guarantee you, we all knew that ben, we all learned eventually that Ben McAdoo wanted to move on. He went to drop the QB, but apparently he wasn't allowed to by John Mara. And another thing is, John Mara, now that I remember it, John Mara is okay with all of the draft picks before they're made. It is absolutely 100% going to be John Mara for number one. He has, he has just this old way of thinking, and he's just conservative in every aspect of the game. And he doesn't, he doesn't show it. He doesn't show it by his actions. But we can just I can just, you can just tell that he just talks to Gilman and he talks to Sherm and he makes just these decisions that we don't, we don't see verbally or physically, but he's just basically like the puppet master. And every time Gilman and Sherm do something related to like the whole QB situation or just something else related to the team, it's hard to get mad at Gilman and Sherm knowing the type of owner that John Mayer is. I mean, hence, hence your Twitter name. And you know what? Part of the reason why I decided to, to use a Twitter name is that John Mira is literally an emperor. Like, he's an owner. Owners aren't going to go away. You can get mad at a team. You can get mad at owners as much as you want. But you know what? You're still, that owner is not going anywhere unless you get charged like a sexual assault or an NFL makes them give up the team. They're not going anywhere. So, all right, so you say you say Mara deserves the most blame. Well, let me ask you this as a franchise, the Giants decided in the offseason to move on from Odell Beckham Jr., maybe the best offensive weapon they've had in the last, I don't know, the, the last 20 years. Do you think that it was the right move for them to move on to Odell? And do you miss him? Do you miss Odell Beckham Jr. being a giant? You know what? I said that last time on Twitter. I do. And 
I don't know why or how I allowed, I allowed myself to, I talked myself into thinking that the Odell Beckham Jr. trade was a steal. We got, what, we got two first rounds, or we got a first round pick, we got Jabril Peppers, I was like, this is a steal. We're going to go ahead, we're going to fix our defense at the pick, which we did. We got Dexter Lawrence, which, honestly, that's a whole other story with him. I allowed, I talked myself into thinking that that, that that trade was a steal for us. That trade was nothing but a steal for us. Jabril Peppers has not, Jabril Peppers is not Landon Collins. His play on the field is very lackadaisical, and it desires a lot to be, it desires a lot more. And DeAndre, DeAndre Baker and Dexter Lawrence, I think this, I, just, I think I saw something that said Dexter Lawrence is like one of the highest rated players on the defense as a rookie. But we should have gotten, we should have gotten a, a more accurate pass pressure. There's, better, there's way better players left on the board. And DeAndre Baker has been lackluster since starting on the team. He looks like an undrafted rookie and not first round pick out He's ridiculous. Second, the defense. Don't, don't get me started with that. So, in your opinion, EM, what does this team need to do? In order to fix themselves for the foreseeable future, I mean, how do we fix the defense? I understand we started with the offense, but how are you as a Giants fan convinced that they can be competitive in, in 2020? One thing that we need to do is we need to get a new offensive coordinator. Ever since day one, ever since Mike Shula took the position as the offensive coordinator for the team, I don't know what the hell that man does. Because I say it all the time on Twitter. All this band literally does is just take up space on the sideline and just breathe. Sherman's out here making all of these ridiculous plays, like all the, all the check downs, taking Barkley out of the game, not utilizing Barkley enough. I mean, it's ridiculous. You're an offensive coordinator. Things are, things are going wrong. If we're, if we're third and 20 and you're allowing Eli Manning to throw a check down, at third and twenty, not even trying to convert. What the heck are you doing as the offensive coordinator? That you're allowing Cern, because we all know Cern called the play calling. But Mike Sewell is a QB coach and he's the offensive coordinator. What the hell are you doing allowing Cern to make all these ridiculous and atrocious play calling decisions? Giants Giants love the check down, man. They're they're a huge they're a fan of the check down. Third third and twelve, check down to Saquon Barkley. Second, second and ten, check down to fucking Evan Ingram. They love the three-yard out. The most, that has been the most infuriating thing to me. The play calling is atrocious. We need to, one, one, we need to find an actual offensive coordinator who actually does shit. And two, we need to switch up the play call. Like, take the play call and just throw it in the Hudson River because it is abominable. It is so horrible. So, so you, you said it in the beginning, but... We start 0-2, our defense looks horrible, the offense looks like they leave a lot to be desired, hopefully Daniel Jones will, will, will give the offense that spark, especially when Golden Tate and Sterling return. How do you see the rest of this season playing out, man? Honestly, before, before the season even started, and I feel like the clowns are even saying it now, I had the Giants going 11-5, what a joke that! What a joke that is! I honestly, I don't see this team. And this is me being 
his team winning more than five, maybe six games. We have a really tough schedule, and it doesn't get any easier at the end of it because we have to take on the Eagles twice. But I think we have the Cowboys, we have the Patriots. It's it's a rough schedule, and these first couple games, I know I knew that we were gonna probably I knew that the Cowboy game was gonna be rough, so I'll get so I'll accept an elevator. Yeah, no. The only the only team that I, I see the Giants definitely beating on the schedule would be the Miami Dolphins because they're the only team with a defense worse than ours. I think we have the thirty first. I think we have the thirty first worst defense in the NFL. Um, have, having said that, I, I really think that at the, at this point, if they're benching Eli Manning, wins and losses don't matter anymore, right? Shermer doesn't care. Well, for Shermer, wins and losses matter because if he goes. If he goes three and thirteen, I think he's out of a job. I, I, you know, it's the same way Bulls inherited Darnold last year, and they didn't, they didn't play well. I mean, they finished strong, but they fired Bulls because they needed that change. So this, if Shermer, if Shermer, yeah, Shermer, and Shermer is a losing coach. Like I've tried so hard to ignore that, but his overall—I don't know exactly what it is, but I know he's lost way more, probably like twenty more games than he's actually won. He's a losing coach. He's desensitized to this type of stuff now. If he actually cared about winning, he would have pulled out Eli Manning way long ago. Right. No, that's that's a good point. Um, so, so you think they finish what, like five and eleven? I say yeah. I say five and eleven. All right. All right. There you heard it from Emperor Mara, and you can follow him on Twitter again at Emperor Mara. I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. Pleasure to have you on. By the way, for the listeners, again, this is our first time ever speaking live. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much, man. Great talking, G-Man. I hope we can do it again soon. Awesome. I'll see you. All right. Take it easy, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. That was Emperor Mara. What a, what a great conversation I had with him. Joe, you would really like him. He's a nice guy. Did you ever see the movie The Emperor's New Groove? Uh, is that David Spade? I don't know. It is David Spade. So why'd you ask me? I wanted confirmation. Oh, well, it was, is he? I'll ask him. I'll ask him if he's seen it. When, oh. when, when The next time we talk, you can ask him if he's seen The Emperor's New Group. That would be my first question. All right, Joe, we got some big, juicy matchups for week three. They are brought to you by Juicy Fruit and popular rapper Juicy J. All right. All right, let's get into it. Okay. You excited? You pumped? Get pumped, you big oaf. I'm pumped. Yahoo for school. All right. Ravens at the Chiefs. This is Lamar Jackson's third game of the year. He's 2-0. He's leading the league in touchdowns, I think. That's probably not right. If he's not leading the league in touchdowns, then Sir Pat Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs is. One of them's leading the league in touchdowns. Who do you like in this game and why? 
Um, to win, I like the Chiefs. Um, but to cover, I like the Ravens. I think the Chiefs are going to end up winning the game. I think they'll be able to make enough plays on the Baltimore defense down the stretch. But line six and a half points. I think the Ravens keep it close. I think it's around the field goal game, maybe a four-point game. All right, we have my game of the week. The New York Giants travel to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. This is Daniel Jones, a.k.a. the future of the NFL's first game with the Giants. He will be going up against Bruce Arians' pathetic offense and Jameis Winston. Um, their offense might be pathetic, but their defense is pretty good. Um, he's going to get hit a little bit with a pass rush. that They get after the quarterback. They got after Cam Newton pretty good. Um, and they stopped the run well, relatively well. Their secondary's eh. But I think Daniel Jones is going to have one of those up-and-down first games. Maybe throw for like 225, a couple picks, a couple touchdowns, one of those kind of games. I got to tell you, man, I think, Todd, I can't control my bowels. Bowles will be shitting his pants when he sees the fucking unbelievable specimen that is Daniel Jones. I don't. <laughs> All right. We have the Texans at the Chargers. This is a game of two teams that... Really disappointed in the first two weeks. Both teams haven't had business winning one game. Uh, the Texans played like shit against the Jags in one. Chargers did not play great in week one. They beat the Colts, and then they lost to the Detroit Lions in week two. Who do you like in this game and why? I like the Chargers. Um, I think Bosa and Ingram are going to get after Deshaun Watson a little bit with that offensive line being an absolute travesty. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think Deshaun Watson will probably lose four to five years off his life and retire in the next three to six. You ever seen Not Another Teen Movie? Yes. You remember when Marty catches that go-ahead pass and then he gets tackled and his body gets split in half? Deshaun Watson. He's two hits away from that happening. Yeah, he's going to retire in the middle of the season. So who do you like in this game? I'm sorry. I like the Chargers close. Okay. We have the Raiders at the Vikings. I personally added this game because I think that the Raiders have a great chance to upset the Vikings in Minnesota. Shut up. Move on. All right. We have the Rams at the Browns. This is our Sunday night game. I actually like the Browns in this one, Joe. Oh, I disagree. I like the Rams by three scores. Um, Baker Mayfield, even though they won against a terrible Jets team, he had no idea where to go with the ball. Sailed a lot of balls, was patting the ball, holding on to it too long. I think a Wade, Wade Phillips defense is going to confuse him even more. I like the Rams big on Sunday night where the Browns, in prime time, get embarrassed. And I like the Browns because they're at home. They got their ass kicked at home by the Titans. Right you are. So we have our Drew Locks of the Week. Joe is 1-1 one one after losing the Chargers-Lions game last week. I am 0-2 after losing the Bears-Broncos game last week. Joe, you got a pretty bold Drew Lock of the Week this week. Yeah, I got Pats minus 23 against the Jets. This is going to happen. Um, they were 20-point favorites this week going against Miami. They won by 43. Um, they're going to do the same thing to the Jets. Um, Mr. Falk, Falt, whatever his name is, he's not going to do anything. The Pats' defense is significantly better than the Browns. And Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Sonny Michelle will dominate the New York Jets. Terrible secondary. All right, I had a pick, okay? I had a pick, but I'm going to switch it. Okay. And I'm going to go with my gut here. Because I watched Hard Knocks this year, all right? I believe in John Gruden. I believe in Derek Carr. I believe in Josh. I used to live in a car, Jacobs. 
You know they scored 10 points against the NFL's worst defense, right? I got the Raiders covering plus 9 in Minnesota. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, although I do like them to win the game. You know what? I changed my lock of the week. Buccaneers over the Giants. Daniel Jones gets knocked out of the game in his first career start. Wait, are you actually? What's the spread on that game? Are you going to change it? I'll change it right now because how bad Daniel Jones is a quarterback. All right, here we go. This is what Drew Locks of the Week are all about. You go with your gut. You don't go with what the spread says. Not taking that spread. It's six and a half points. All right, Joe's going to stick with Pat's minus 23. I'm going to go with the Raiders plus nine. All right, Joe. So now we have a new segment I like to call more likely. I'm going to ask you which out of the two scenarios is more likely to happen. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Pats go 16-0 and or the Dolphins go 0-16? More likely the Dolphins go 0-16. Why? Um, the Pats do have games against the Ravens and Chiefs where I see they can lose. The Dolphins don't have any players. The Jaguars or Steelers... Have a which team has a better chance to go to the playoffs after both starting quarterbacks go down? The Steelers do. Um, I think the Steelers have with the Minka Fitzpatrick acquisition, they have a, improved their secondary drastically. The middle of the Steelers schedule is not overly competitive. It's not terrible. The Browns are up and down. I don't think they're that afraid of them. And the Ravens, they played two bad teams. I don't think Pittsburgh thinks they're out of it. That's why they made this Fitzpatrick uh, Minka Fitzpatrick trade. The Ravens or the Chiefs will have a better chance to beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs purely off. Belichick will figure out Lamar Jackson and the running game and how they play. Patrick Mahomes can win a game by himself, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. More likely to win the MVP this year, Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes? Pat Mahomes. More likely to challenge the Rams for the NFC West, the 2-0 49ers, or the 2-0 Seattle Seahawks? Seattle. I don't think San Francisco's beaten anybody of any magnitude. Which team is more likely to fix their quarterback issues, the Minnesota Vikings or the Chicago Bears? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go Vikings only because of weapons and the running game being so dominant. Are the 2-0 Colts more likely to win the NFC South than the other three teams? No, I'm still putting the Texans there. Would you go with Josh Allen or Jacoby Brissett at quarterback? I'm sorry. Who's more likely to keep their team winning? Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen has the best, has a not the, slightly better coaching staff, I think a better defense, and he looks really good. Brissett looks a little up and down. More likely... To have more receiving yards at the end of the year. Julio Jones or Odell Beckham Jr.? Uh, I'm going to go with Julio because I think Odell's going to have nagging little injuries that might hold him out for periods of time. All right. More likely to make the playoffs, the New York Giants or the New York Jets? New York Giants, I guess. All right. There you go. You gave the Giants some love. All right. Perfect, man. Uh, We have an RIP My Youth. So over the weekend, I, I had a football catch with some old uh, comrades from high school. We were running routes. Everything Did you was say going communists? I said comrades. Oh, my bad. They said communists. No, I don't think they're communists, but I don't know their political I, I, I misunderstood comrades, communists. It's very socialist, same thing. Anyway, we were having a football catch. We were running routes. I wanted to run one more route for content so they can get a video of me and I can put it on the Last Resort podcast. 
I ran the route and I pulled not one, but both of my quads running a route. You are a terrible athlete. Yeah, R.I.P. my youth. I'm not young anymore. I can't. I can't fucking. I can't fucking run. It's like that scene in um in uh, the Jackie Moon. Um, what was that name? Semi Pro. It's like yeah, I got hurt busting my ass for you. No, you sprained your ankle playing with me in the driveway. That's you. Your driveway. See, I disagree. I think my situation is more like the rookie with Dennis Quaid. No, it's where not. he's pitching and on the speedometer, the and, and he thinks he throws like I think it was sixty five. But then, like, something changes and he threw 95. That's me. All right? Like, my muscles are just tearing so they can get stronger. No. You're... No. You tore your ass in a record league game when we were, like, 13. Rudy. 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 Story of my life, Joe. What? You made one play? Beat Pascal Valley. That was it. That was your shot. Then you're done. You know what happened to Rudy after that? Nothing. Zip. Beat Mawa in the state senior year soccer. People don't forget. Did you win the state championship? We lost in the second round. That's it. Do you blow your load? All right. We have a better luck next year. The New York Mets have lost a ton of baseball games, and their chances of making the playoffs are extremely slim. They tried, I guess. I don't know. Syndergaard got really upset that Wilson Ramos was catching him, even though Wilson Ramos was on like a 30-game hitting streak, and... Syndergaard's got an ERA in the mid-fours, so... But here's what you have to look forward to, Joe. You're going to have probably the exact same team next year. Pumps. Yeah, but Joe Girardi is the, is the manager. See you in October. You know what I think of when I hear Joe Girardi, that old song? Like, Joe Girardi, met him at the stadium. Boom, boom, at the stadium. But everyone at the stadium looks like Joe Girardi. I don't think that was the song. Um. All right, so our top five this week... This is the top five theme songs of all time. Joe, you are going to start with your number five. Please tell me which uh, theme song this is and then play the actual song. I will play it and then tell you what it is. Boom. If it loads. It's loaded. theme song of all time is um, Hell Yeah by Rev Theory also in, mainly in the show Blue Mountain State which is a phenomenal football TV show about college football and what it really is all about Alex Moran love that guy Thad Castle Thad, Alex Moran you know he was in um, that soap opera with I, Stephen A. Smith no wrong Alright, my number five is um, the theme song to the Netflix show Comedy Bang Bang, of which I started watching last week. Here it is. You need to get a better phone. Alright, that, that, that song is terrible. Alright, that's such a good theme song. Alright, um, th- my number four choice is something that should be somewhat familiar to all of you beautiful people. If I get to skip this survey from... Drake 
Big Josh theme song, number four, one of our best shows of our youth. Can't get any better than that. Alright, my number four is True Detective Season 2. <laughs> Your phone is terrible. No more was lost. The treaty signed. I was not caught across the line. That's never mind. It is the theme song in True Detective Season 2, most known for Colin Farrell just snorting a ridiculous amount of cocaine. We all watched that show and literally only had satisfaction from one scene. My number three is one of the greatest shows ever. Actually, my next three are from three of the greatest shows ever, but I will start with number three. Number three, the Office theme song. Um, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, what time of night it is, if it's a Tuesday or a Saturday, um, you just watch The Office at any time of the day and you're satisfied. So everything in the world is good again. Every single time I come over your house, The Office is on. You are obsessed with that show. I find it mediocre at best. All right, what's your number three then? My number three is the theme song for Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> I think we've all had moments in our lives where this song plays in our head after something crazy happens. Um, I know it plays in my head every single day at work. When I start getting yelled at, I just tune out who's ever yelling at me, and I think of that song. You get yelled at a lot, don't you? I do. All right, my number two theme song is... theme song is the Entourage theme song. Um, when you think of hanging out with your bros and like one of you making his movie star, just think Entourage. It's going to be a wonderful time for you. And it was a great show and it has a really good theme song and it has a really good movie and it has some of our favorite characters. So we will literally watch Entourage until we die. Entourage is the goat and I came up with that episode last week we forgot to mention. So when I posted the episode on our Instagram for everyone to see... I had two of the five cast members like the post. Yes, Kevin Dillon, a.k.a. Johnny Drama, and Jeremy Piven, a.k.a. Ari, both loved my idea for an Entourage episode, so much so that we are now in talks to produce and film a new episode of Entourage in 2019. It will only be released on the streaming service of our choice. Yes, and Joe and I are the only ones who have access to it. So we are the only ones who will be able to actually watch the episode. And if you want to watch it, you can call us and we will give it to you for three hours for a total charge of $73.95. Correct. My number two best theme song of all time is the True Detective Season 1 theme song. When you hear that song, you think of Rust Cole and Marty. I forgot Marty's last name. Marty Hart. 
Marty Hart, you think of those two. You think of Michelle Monaghan banging Rust Cole. You think of Alexandra Daddario banging Woody Harrelson. And you think of that crazy killer guy with the scars on his face. Oh, the Yellow King. The Yellow King. Oh, such a good show. Sick fuck. My number one is the number one and will always be the number one. We'll start with an HBO intro. Yeah, that's a classic HBO intro. Number one on my list, The Sopranos. We'll bring it back to Jersey, old school style. Tony Soprano driving through the greatest state in the world. That is my number one theme song of all time. My number one theme song of all time is the opening song for our podcast. And if you didn't know the name, it's called Jane by Jefferson Starship. When you hear this song, you only think one thing. You think Wet Hot American Summer, the Netflix series... Starring Paul Rudd and other people. Coop. Coop. Coop Copperberg. And Jay fucking Jay. And fucking Amy Bowler. Ugh. <laughs> and Chris Pine is actually in that show. For 37 seconds. And that is that is my all-time favorite. Favorite theme song of all time. Joe, the only reason I thought of this top five is because HBO put out a tweet. And they asked us what our top three characters from any HBO series is. So off the top of your head, who are your top three characters of all time? Oh, um, well, um, one's going to be Tony Soprano. Um, two would be Marty Hart from True Detective. And three would be um, Gary Busey from Entourage. So it's funny. I have all three of the same shows as you, but different characters. Um, my number three would be Silvio Dante from The Sopranos. My number two would be Rust Cole from True Detective, and my number one, the one and only, Phil Yagoda from Entourage. Yagoda, Yagoda, what's your Yagoda? Phil, is this a celebratory drink? Afraid <coughs> not, John. Afraid not, John. Oh, classic. All right, that just about does it for this podcast. Um, you are listening to The Last Resort. Joe, do you have any closing words for the listeners out there? Um, not really. Just take me home, Papa Roach. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation.